What's up, runners, fitness freaks, and friends? It's time to strap on your favorite sneakers, hit the pavement, and gulp down another episode of We Run This Like It's a Cold Cup of Water on mile number nine. Our guest on the show today is Brandon Westover. Brandon is a fitness coach and endurance athlete and a 41-year-old father of two from Orlando who recently broke the record for the most MRF workouts in 24 hours. Brandon did 17 MRFs in a 24-hour time period, which is absolutely insane. Brandon decided to try and break this record during a 50-mile run around Orlando. 50 miles in the Florida heat, in the summer. It's absolutely bonkers. Brandon talks to us about his experience doing the MRFs, how he trained, his strategy for completing the running portion of the workout, and how the medical staff observing his record-breaking feat wanted him to stop immediately. We also discuss how his MRF record isn't actually recognized by the Guinness people because of the specific requirements necessary to call something a world record. In other words, they're like strict pain in the asses. So if you learn nothing else from this episode, you'll realize that the mind is the most incredible muscle in the body, and also that MRFs suck. So here's our talk with Brandon Westover. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of We Run This. I am Chris Luminati. With me, as always, is Officer Nick Domingo. <laughs> Nick, what's up, man? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> uh, for those uh, who, for those who are not watching, Nick has the worst cop mustache uh, I've ever seen. It's like like the sides aren't even growing in, dude. Like, what is going on? I don't know. I when I I, I think that it works, like it, it's terrible. It's like one side's kind of dark, the other one's like light. I, it I'm a, I'm not a mustache guy, dude. I'm just not a mustache guy. A few people I think can say, but mustache. I'm more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Facial I'm, hair is, I'm trying. Yeah, you're trying. Facial hair is hard to pull off. And the guy we have on today, not only does he pull off gray facial hair, he pulls off insane fits of, uh, like, I don't even want to, like, it makes me cringe just thinking about it. Brandon Westover. Brandon, what's up, man? How's it going? Hey, guys. I was a little, I was a little nervous after that intro where, where that was going with the facial hair. Well, so. you have a great beard, and I hope everybody watches the video to see it. We don't have you on today because of your beard, but we can talk about it. The reason we have you on is because uh, we profiled you on the website a couple weeks ago, but you now hold, is it an actual like world record? Like, are you going to get something in the mail? No. So, so that's funny that you say that. So the, one of the original guys who got it, I think originally a while back, I don't know how many years ago it was, but he, several of these guys have gotten that record since then have reached out to me and talked to me on uh, Instagram and stuff. They, they had actually applied. One of them had actually applied for it and, and um, Guinness won't actually do it. So they have strict requirements around like one thing that they can actually measure. And that, um, Thing is really hard to measure. Um, All right, so like we can talk so about so many it. different movements. There's you know distance. There's just a lot of things. It's hard to compare apples to apples unless you have a true like CrossFit certified you know thing that's measuring the distance and all that stuff. Right. So we should backtrack and tell everybody that you ha- you did how many MRFs in 24 hours? 17. 
Okay, so for those of the audience who are not familiar with the MRF, explain exactly what that is. Sure, so it is, you have to have, first of all, a 20 pound vest if you're gonna do it by the standard RX, and you have to do one mile run. After you're done with that one mile run, then you need to do, um, you can partition it or just do it straight up, but you essentially have to do 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and then 300 air squats. When you're done with that, you get lucky enough to have to go do another mile. After you complete that mile, that is considered one Murph. Okay. Now, how long does it usually take like a normal person, say Chris or me, to do just one Murph? Because you did it over what, 17 hours, right? Yeah. Or 17 in 24 hours. I mean, I don't know you guys' fitness level, but I'll say the, we'll say the decent shape, average, we'll call CrossFitter would probably be able to do that in a normal one in about 45 minutes. That's, that's a pretty good athlete. If you can do it in 45 minutes, that's, that's pretty good. Anything less than that, you're, you're pretty good shape you know, to do it less than that. I did it without, in 46 Without a vest, even faster. I've tried it once. I did it in 46 something. Yeah, that's, so, that's, that's really good. So Nick, I'm way better than you. <laughs> oh, I'm here. I'm I'm an hour forty six probably. I have you, no upper body strength. Everything is my legs. You Everything. could probably be better at it if you shaved your mustache. I think it, it, the mustache gives me strength. I think oh, I would see my reflection. Okay. Like you got it, you got it, bro. <laughs> uh, is that what it is? Okay. So, um, yeah. Brent, walk us through um, why why you did it. Like, do you did you do you like Murphs? Like, why take us to the journey of why you decided to do it sure i mean it's a anybody who does crossfit if they've done it for a while i mean it's a very standard movement there or wad that you'll do during world weekend almost every crossfit gym will do that so i had done crossfit for i don't know here and there for the last five seven years so i had done it numerous times and most of those movements uh, the movements in the middle we won't call the running i was already pretty good at running but the movements in the middle there's another wad that's very similar to that um, that uses those movements called Cindy, and I'm very good at those movements. Mm -hmm. So that was, uh, a lot of it was working on those movements, so I was already good at them. And as far as what triggered me to actually do this challenge was, really was probably no different than you're giving Nick some hard time here with his mustache. It was, hey, we were, I think it was, I wanted to see how fast I could do it without a vest on in the last Memorial Day. And my uh, friends and my brother were giving me a hard time. Like, oh, you got to do it with the vest on. I'm like, well, I've already done that many times with the vest. Like, what does it matter? And they're like, well, it's not considered RX. I'm like, and that's not what I'm trying to attain. I want to see how fast I can do it if I just take the vest off. And my goal was to do it in 30 minutes. And I said, you know what? Just, just to, you know, mess with you guys, I'll go ahead and take like, you know, I think I said five-minute rest. I took a little more than five-minute rest. But I'll just do it, you know, RX right after that. That somehow led me down to that crazy road. Got it. And, and you just did this in like September, right? Like I know we, when we profiled you, you know, our colleague Cass did, it, did I guess an interview with you and you said that you got to the gym at like 4 p.m. It said 98 degrees on your uh, temperature gauge on your car for the outdoor temp. Like when you see that, where, where does your mind go, man? Well, I, I had already had most things I planned for. I don't care how much you plan, everything you do, it, it, it just never goes as planned. So because I already knew I was doing it later than usual, I already knew I was going to have problems with sleeping. So I had 
had it all planned out how I was going to sleep beforehand, tried to do that. I was able to lay down, but I didn't actually sleep. So I hadn't actually slept since the night before. I, it was getting hot. Obviously, I was paying attention to the temperature throughout the week, just crossing my fingers that it was going to not be, you know, that there was going to be some rain. And it kept going back and forth. We get in the car. I hadn't been outside yet. So I was just kind of crossing my fingers. We get in the car. And I'm like, just the walk there, which is really quick. I'm like, this seems hot. We're driving over there. And I'm looking. I'm like, it is 98 in here. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. So I already knew, like, I don't know. I mean, I've done a lot of things in Florida in hot weather, but I just thought, wow, okay, I got to last at least several hours, you know, because it's hot until about seven o'clock. So I'm like, I got to last several hours in this heat. This is not going to be fun. And it was not. <laughs> it was not. So looking at the Merv challenge <laughs> itself, like, I don't know about anybody else, but I feel like most people would look at it and they would say, okay, it's a timed thing. So the best places I'm going to pick up time or save time is going to be the runs. But I feel like starting a run with a 20-pound vest on and trying your fastest is going to gas you immediately. So that would yeah. seem like the wrong thing to do. Am I right there? That is correct. That is exactly the opposite of what you want to do and exactly what I did. So I had, I'm a very analytical person. I, I analyze things and I had prepared a lot. I'm good at math. So I had done a lot of computations in my head of how to do this. I had done lots of trial runs. I sadly, even though I, I've done a lot of running races and things like that, I don't actually use a watch or anything to keep track of my pace or whatever. I kind of just know it as I run it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was adrenaline or what, but the goal was I can run a um, seven and a half minute mile very comfortably. Even with the vest on, it's not, you know, it's starting to get kind of hard. Um, but eight minutes is, is really easy. Eight and a half, I'm starting to get like very, you know, talking. That was the goal was run like eight, eight and a half. And I started out, and of course we knew what time I started because we started exactly five. I come back in and it's 507. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know how many seconds it was, but I'm like, uh, okay, well, I already started that off wrong. And so, yeah, if you go too fast in the run, you might think you're gonna gain a lot, which compared to most people, that's where I would gain time if we were gonna do it, like say you said, do eight in a row, I would gain a good amount because mm -hmm they might be running 10 minute miles and I'm running, you know, eight minute miles or, or less, but it's the, we'll call it Cindy. It's the stuff in the middle where you gain tons of time because there's, if you're not, if you're able to do it back to back with no rest, you're just think about how much time every, you know, Cindy's 20 rounds. So if you're doing 20 rounds and you waste a minute each time, that's 20 minutes you wasted. Well, who cares about four minutes on two runs? Like 20 minutes is the one where. Right. So talk about like what you ate, not necessarily right before you did this. Um, I'm interested in that too, but you know, when you're training, obviously, I mean, you're, you're not just diving into the deep end. I wouldn't imagine doing this. So what are you eating regularly to, to fuel yourself both before, during, and obviously after um, for recovery? Yeah. So, so I, I would definitely say I'm a, uh, not a professional runner by any means and not a professional, uh, even though I do a lot of uh, endurance things where I'll do them really long, I, I'll say I'm more gritty. So if anybody has seen uh, like David Goggins and read that book uh, where he talks about like 
his first really long run and how he prepared for it. I'd say it's probably, I did a lot more than that, but I'm not too far off. So I do a lot of research online. I looked up all kinds of stuff. And even in my practice, I'm like, well, how do the best people do it? And it's kind of hard to compare because they're talking about running and I'm running and doing all this extra stuff. So it's like hard to compare, but through the trial runs, most of it was obviously on the lead up, like a week and a half before, just a lot of carbs. So I like uh, spaghetti and stuff like that. So I just loaded up on carbs. I eat well generally all the time, but I just loaded up on carbs. I mean, like enough that I think I gained about three pounds throughout the week, just preparing for that. And I had done 10 before that and felt great. Like I was eating throughout and I was like, okay, I got it. This is exactly how, well, of course, temperature was better then. This one, I did the same exact plan. I ate the same things, you know, two hours before the thing started. I ate, uh, I want to say it was about a thousand calories, oatmeal, uh, th things that I normally eat and just maybe had extra servings of them, made sure I went to the restroom. So I was set. I then had tons of stuff prepared. I had lots of, like the normal folks, uh, gels. I had special uh, nutrition stuff or electrolytes, um, salt tablets. Um, food, I had just, my wife made all kinds of bacon and uh, watermelon and cantaloupe, anything you could possibly think of, I had there ready for me. Uh, break down for us, um, we're going to get back to the food in a minute, but break down for us, uh, I'm interested how you did the actual Murph. Like when I did mine, I was yeah. like, okay, I suck at pull-ups, so I'm going to do like 10 pull-ups. 10 push-ups, 20 squats, because I knew I could get the squats out of the way. How did you break sure. down yours? Yeah, so even that, like, I had analyzed that a lot and probably did it more unusual than most people would do it, just because I analyzed it so much with my body and knew what I could handle. So most people would be the, would do the 5, 10, 15 is mm -hmm. how they do it. And so I even adjusted that, because honestly, the hardest thing, if anybody's going to try to do this, it's the air squats. Everything <laughs> else, to me is easy uh i wasn't easy i don't want to under you know exaggerate that but it's mm. it's my body can handle that the air squats and i'm talking like crossfit certified legit mm. you know um you know below parallel air squats mm. that's where it gets you so i split that in half essentially half so i did eight and then seven so i did five pull-ups eight air squats ten push-ups seven air squats that's okay. how i did it. because the thought was that once you get the lactic acid buildup in your quads, it's really hard. And you got to think you're going to do this over, you know, 5,000 air squats. So mm -hmm. you got to really think about that. And it's so much easier to stop before you hit it. Once you hit it, if you try to do that 12, 13, 14, 15, you won't get as far in, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I, what, what's your, Go ahead, Chris. Go no, ahead. Nick, you go first because I'm going to go back to the hardest thing for me is pull-ups. But, Nick, you go first. You might have the same question. <laughs> well, I, I was going to ask, yeah, what the hardest part of it was for you. And when in that moment of doing all this, did it kind of hit you that you're like, now I'm fatigued? I mean, obviously, you're pushing yourself through. You have a goal. But at what point during all this were you like, fuck, like – I don't know if I'm going to finish and reach my, my goal because I had to do the air squats or I had to do the pull-ups or whatever. Like, did that happen? Sure. So I'll just, just to get to that point, I'll just answer because when I say stuff is easy, let me say why some of that stuff was easy. So when I first trained for this, mm -hmm. 
the, the time that I said I did two, what started hurting actually the most was my hands. So mm -hmm. my hands were starting to rip. I didn't have the right grips and, and whatnot. So that was very painful. So that was the one that I thought I could never do just because I didn't think my hands could handle it. So mm -hmm. figured out that problem. Then I went from the hands to it was actually nutrition. I had, mm -hmm. had trouble. I tried to do four and I had a real hard time consuming whatever. Practiced that, got past that point. Mm -hmm. Then it was the legs. That to me was the hardest one. Just I guess it's because of my age and I hate stretching. I'm very inflexible. Mm. I can you know I can't even come. I'm probably this far away from the ground if I try to stretch. Like <laughs> kidding. That's how inflexible. So I, I researched all types of uh, stretching that worked. I did that for 45 days straight, just stretching. So I was prepared to do everything. I get there and to the answer the question about when did I think I was fucked? It was <laughs> pretty much. Round two, uh, because I was already overheating in round one, right? And it probably took about round two, which would have been about 50 minute mark, right? I'm used to working out two, three hours, you know, maybe a day. So that it was right at that point that I was essentially redlining most of the time. And I started like, I started feeling sick. I puked and I probably, it's not that I didn't think I was going to get it, but I was like, oh crap, like, is there something wrong? Like, is this going to go away? And it did that for basically three more hours. And I was like, I actually told. Wait, 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 wait. So you get through one round and you go, you did 17 of these. After one round, you barfed and basically were like three hours of shit lasted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I'd say a lot of it come from, from practice of other stuff. So I'll go back to, you know, one of them, I, I guess I call them hero you know like david goggins if you read a lot of his stuff and you watch a lot of his stuff and just in general even like the whole murph story right like you see these things you hear them and you try them i had once ran 50 miles which was just around my house i have a half mile loop around my house i did that on just a whim i was like i'm gonna do this i think i was on i have to go back i'm probably gonna say this wrong it was either mile three or mile seven I like hurt my leg to where I started limping to where mm. I could barely move. And I already told everybody I'm finishing this thing mm. and I eventually finished it. And so these type of things led up to that. I don't know that I had experienced the same type of thing, but yes, I was, I mean, I secretly said to her on the side, I was like, I'm, you're going to have to eventually call this. Cause I will not like, if you see me like dying, mm -hmm. you're going to have to call it because I don't know, like, I'm the type of person that'll probably just keep going and not realize, like, what's happening to me. How many, per how many people did you tell uh, beforehand that you were going to do this? Uh, we told a lot because we had an in-house um, competition. So mm -hmm. what was it a competition? It was like an event. So it was mm -hmm. like advertising it. So before that, only a couple people knew that I was doing it on the side. <clears throat> and as I was doing it, I was essentially – um, cataloging what I was doing. So I would send it, even though probably most of my friends had no idea what I was talking about, but I would just put like a daily update, like with a picture of my times, you know, did eight Murphs in seven and a half hours or something like that. Right. So steadily doing that stuff for a while. And some of those people might've known, I said I was training for, but it probably wasn't until I was coordinating with the gym owner, like, Hey, I, I'm going to do this. We need to set up an event. And so at that point, he set up a you know public event telling people, hey, he's going to break this. You know, he's going to attempt to break this. Mm -hmm. And um, 
we, at that point, everybody in our gym and pretty much all of my, you know, friends and family knew. So when you, how did you get into wanting to do this? I mean, you mentioned, you know, doing the, the, the half mile loop for 50 miles around your, your, your neighborhood, which is insane to think you're just going around and you could have stopped, but you didn't. Um, yeah. How did you go from running? Like t- talk about your experience from, you know, a, a runner competitively into kind of switching to say, I'm going to push myself more doing this type of challenge and, and the CrossFit stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, probably CrossFit was, man, I don't know if I'd say CrossFit was first. I, I did a lot of like many years ago, I've always been athletic, but I did a lot of like home programs, like uh, fitness programs, like P90X and things like that. And I was always pretty elite at most of that stuff. When they were doing it, I was like usually doing more reps than they were doing. So through that, I was doing a lot of running, running for me at the time, a lot was like five to seven miles. I was like, I don't know, I never ran when I was younger. So I got kind of a little bit of itch there with running. And then once I did CrossFit, we would have random challenges in, the, in, in our um, gym where they would just say, run as many miles as you can in a month. Well, I'm the type of competitive person that when you give me a challenge, I'm like, oh, okay. So like I ran 200. No, you're not you don't seem like that at all, dude. Not at all. And I honestly didn't know how much I ran, but I ended up, or would run, but I ended up running 258 miles. For me, that is like maybe to these people who can run like 200 miles in one race, like they might not think that much. But for me, I'm like, wow, like that is amazing. For, for so, 90% of people, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I'm injury prone. So like that was not just sweet, you know, taking my jog. It was, you know, I'd have weeks where I would have that knee has about 10 different pain points that I seem to find no matter what I do. Um, but as I started like more doing more endurance stuff in CrossFit, I do competitions and things like that in CrossFit. It's always pushing me. So if I see something like right now, if somebody sent me something and they said, Hey, you want to do this? Like I'm looking at it from analytical, like, you know, could I do it? And if it's like, even this breaking thing, yeah, I thought I could do it, but I wasn't sure. Like it needs to be like, I think I can do it. And if it's something I'll go do, and if my mind just wants to do it, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> Let's talk about, uh, so a majority of people that listen to us are runners. Let's talk for a minute about, it's, it's a topic that we've, we've never really discussed here, running with a vest on. Like, would you suggest that for the average person? Like, tossing a vest oh, on yeah. and getting out there? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really see, with a vest that fits you, that's, that's a proper vest, sure, because I, I don't really see any harm in it. Um, I, I can only see advantages. When you, almost, most of our gym now is now getting vests. So mm-hmm. I think they've sold like 16 in the last like month because mm-hmm. everybody wants a vest. There's lots of competitions with them, but as you run with it, when you get used to it, when you take it off, you're, it's so much easier. You're so much faster. You can do so much more. So even though it might suck in the very beginning, I don't care how much weight you put on. You, know, you can put five pounds on you. It's going to suck in the beginning. But if you get a form-fitting one that fits on there snugly, that's not bouncing up and down and whatnot, it's, you, you get used to it. Um, and now there's, I'm sure some of your pe- people have seen like ruck races and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They, they put considerable amount of weight on their backs. Um, but yeah, 20 pounds, I think it's, it's great. 
you know, along those same lines, when you started, and I don't know if you did this, so I, I could be wrong, but like running with a weighted vest, did you see the the time uh, improvement for you? Like, did you did you do the 50 miles or even the five or seven that you had talked about kind of dabbling in at the beginning? Did you did you do that? You tried the vest and then you, you took the vest off and you saw what your improvement was. I'm just interested to hear like, if that happened, what your time actually improved to. Because that's a great way to obviously yeah, I, shed time, right? Yeah. I don't know if I, like, uh, I, I had, even though I'm the type of person who would, would be looking at that, at the time, like, when I started wearing a vest a lot, I wasn't motivated to, like, improve my 5K time or my mile run or anything like that. I know my mile run had gotten better, and I'm certainly, you know, like most of your um, – audience is probably going to be, you know, runners, they're going to be really fast. So like, for me, like, I, I can run a six minute mile, like that's, you know, fast for most crossfitters, but it's not very fast for runners. So in an awkward form, really short strides, I can run six minute mile, probably before with the vest, you know, I would have been probably 615 or something like that. Um, I can say from the Merck challenge, like if I did it now, I'd probably do it even faster because I've done so much of it. But I was probably 35 minutes before with a vest on. I took the vest off and I think I did it in 30-30. I'm pretty confident I could go under 30 now um, because my conditioning is even better. But that's a lot of it, that's what it improves. It's just it's almost like simulating that you weighed more, right? And you like even when I tell my clients, like once you lose the weight, you're so much faster because you don't have all that extra, you know, weight on you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. In the middle of the competition, I always like asking this question, in the middle of doing it all, did you have any type of like out of body experience or a moment where you were just kind of like not there? It probably was often that I don't even, that I was not aware that I was not there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, there was definitely points. It was because my mood changed quite a bit. I, I do watch a lot of documentaries and probably a lot of your audience does as well. I, I love watching like endurance documentaries and you'd be surprised how many are free out there to go watch and i've watched so many of those where this happens where you know they just break down or they have these you know they swings mildly within like a couple minutes mine weren't that fast but i had so many emotions that would go from one to another throughout the 24 hours where i'm just so my brain's always thinking i'm like looking at the time thinking of the time and i had had so much planning on where my pace needed to be to get there that i would freak out in the very beginning because I got too hot and I'm throwing up. I cannot consume any. And I'm sitting there doing the math in my head. I'm like, I'm probably burning 800 to thousand calories an hour and I'm consuming 50. Like, how's this going to work? You know, um, from there it went to like in the middle of the night with the right people too. I had so many people that were helping me along. And you see this in the community of runners as well, that, that I was not, you know, I was down. I had them right next to me sitting there going, oh, just keep going, and, you know, and it wasn't fake. You know, they really were like, you got to do this. And it helped. They would even with tips. Why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And that helps me a lot. Um, my wife there, um, my moods would swing quite a bit. And at night is when it really helped because pretty much no one was there. It was very cool. The weather was great. And I had, you know, people I'm really close with. They were sitting there, we were goofing off. And they were keeping me on track. They were speeding me along. And it was at that point, it was like, oh, I'm going to break this easily. Like, they were sitting there going, okay, now you got to go for 20. <laughs> no, I have zero interest in getting 20 right now. <laughs> Easy for that. 
Yeah, I'm just happy to finish this because I thought I was going to have to quit on, you know, hour four. So I'm super happy that I'm going to finish. So there was a lot of that back and forth. So we always talk about the mental benefits of any workout. I mean, obviously we're a running podcast, so we talk about it relating to running, but um, you know, it sounds like you're obviously like a certified badass and you've got a pain threshold as if you've got like a fucking knife in your leg and you're like, I'm going to keep going. How, how do you get that ability? I mean, I think we all like to think that we push ourselves, we're competitive. It sounds like you're just on another level. So can you talk about where that kind of inner drive comes from and is it, is it inherent or is it something you develop, uh, you know, just curious to, to hear what yeah, you think i'd say it's a little bit of both i mean i'm sure there's probably some you know like genetically you might be born with some a little more than others but i definitely think probably on the latter that you can develop it is probably i favor that more um probably helped I, I grew up with a lot of brothers and we were very competitive we were all very athletic i was the second oldest so I was always having to do, you know, basically competing with my older brother and I had a younger brother. We were all about a year and a half apart. So we were constantly doing stuff. And from that, I think I got a lot of grit just from doing, I did wrestling in junior high and things. So you start to gain a little bit of that and just watching other people. My personality is seeing other people go through things, whether it's physical or even mental and seeing how they react, like, it's like, well, it could be worse. That's my thought on almost everything. Like, if I'm complaining about this, it's like, well, I mean, Goggins was having, like, his whole leg was off and he was still moving. Like, what's your excuse? So that's, I guess that's where most of mine comes from. It's just trying <laughs> to visualize what are other people going through and just thinking, well, they probably had it worse and nobody's shooting at you. You know, your life's not on the line, but what's your excuse not to finish? I'm a, I'm a big believer that a lot of people can't get to the next level of whatever they're doing, running, CrossFit, weightlifting, because they get to the uncomfortable and they decide to go back. But you seem to get to the uncomfortable and keep going. So what would your suggestions be to people like when you reach that uncomfortable point, not to let yourself go back, to like move forward? Yeah, I mean, definitely is is. is almost always up in your in your head right it's always in your head you're always thinking of something and to try and talk yourself out of it and even when you say like i'm a badass i'm on another level like trust me there's always other bigger badass so when i think badasses i think of like top tier crossfit guys like frazier and whatever you watch those guys and i'm like how do they do it like they're going 99 mile an hour for 10 straight minutes like i can go 95 how's he going 99 but most of it's in their head, right? For me, it's in my head. I constantly am thinking one foot forward, keep going. And honestly, I talk a lot of shit to myself. Like I, if I had a recorder and people were listening to me, like I call myself a bitch, a pussy, whatever. <laughs> I'm constantly around there going, calling myself, come on, you gotta do it. So that works for me. I don't know if that would work for everybody else, but I, I definitely think it's usually like, it's the second you quit in your mind, like where you give yourself an out, usually you will take it. That, what, that's what's the meanest thing you ever said to yourself? 
it's usually the same things over. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know if I'm that creative with things, but it's usually just quit being a little bitch. Let's go, and you know that's usually what it is. Quit being a little bitch. Do you say it out loud or in your head? Oh yeah, yeah, almost usually out loud most of the time. Yeah. Do people think that you're talking to somebody else or usually yeah, alone? It, yeah, you get so in a fight on your own. Like you call, <laughs> people think I'm talking to me. I'm talking to me. Do people in your yeah. CrossFit class think you're calling them a pussy? Like, how does it go? <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's not so much. I'm not like Ronnie Coleman out there, like, baby, just yelling out as loud. It's just once in a while I might, like, if you know, I might just, if I think it's going to make a difference, if I yell a little louder. But most of the time, it's just kind of like, even though my inner voice is always talking to myself, it's, it will take a little bit. I actually have to say it out loud. Like, it's just like, come on, quit being a little bitch. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, that but no i'm not sure that anybody's ever heard me and they probably think i was crazy if they probably thought i would be talking about them but no I... so you've talked about you know your clients and your fitness uh your trainer and 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 all that how important is it for you to stress patience and trusting the process because you know what you kind of back to what you said it's all in your head and there's always another level. And I think Chris's question about that uncomfortable, a lot of us get to, you know, oh, I'm running a 705 mile time. I've improved in the past year and a half from 745 or 755. I think this is my max. Like this is, this is where I am. And you don't push yourself, right? So I love that question that Chris asked. How do you approach it as like, this is not gonna happen tomorrow. If you're looking to compete with me to do this Murph challenge or even just one Murph to complete it or run a 5k to go to a marathon. Like how important is that? And that you get that across so that they avoid injury, disappointment, and just giving up. Yeah. I mean, I, at least for my clients or even for myself, like I, I think setting realistic goals and not, you know, in the very beginning is usually where most people get wrong. It's just trying to set too high of a goal. So if they want to go from 740 to 705, just take that, you know, small increments at a time. Don't try to get there too fast. And a lot of my clients, a lot of just losing weight, right? And just we're in this habit of trying to do things too fast. It's like, uh, you know, you want to Google that quick fix so I can get abs in seven days. And it's like, you know, if you think about it in a year, most people, even if you're 50 pounds overweight, one year, one pound a week, that's 52 pounds. Like, you want to do something that you can do for the rest of your life. Stop doing something that's just going to get you there for a little bit. And you're going to go right back. So it's being patient, just trusting what you're doing. So long as you trust the information and the person who's giving it to you, the person who's giving it to you can show that they can do that, right? Like if your trainer is really hefty and they're not, you know, they're eating all bad food and they're not following what they're saying. Can you believe what they're saying? I don't know. I mean, that's up to you, but for me, if I see that person and they're able to do it and they're following that and I trust that system, then it's, you know, you know, I just have to stay on them. I'm, I'm, I can be very naggy. So I'll nag the crap out of them every week, making sure that they're following the guidelines and, um, you know, doing what they need to do to get there. So you're completed all the MRFs. It's done. You're done. Walk us through how you felt in that moment. Um, well, it obviously got, not as exciting as I had pictured in my head. <laughs> it was supposed to be, yeah, I finished, right? And hey, I'm going to go all 24 hours. As you know, I 
we stopped beforehand because of you know physical problems that I was having with internally mm -hmm. um, outside I felt fine to be honest the last round was one of my faster times and I felt like I could do that I had enough time to do one more round like that so in my mind because I knew that three rounds ahead of time I had already wrapped my head around it. it was like okay I'm just gonna beat the you know beat the record we'll stop there everybody's gonna be happy I'll be happy and still in my mind I'm competitive I'm like god damn I didn't get to where I originally wanted to but it was as we were leading up to that, because I was experiencing the issues with uh, like early onsets of rhabdo, that I was, you know, telling other people like, hey, I'm a little worried about this. I never actually had it happen, but people have warned me zillions of times about this. So I'm somebody who doesn't go to the hospital ever. Like, should I be worried about this? They were ready to cut it off. Like we were on round 14 and I'm like, fuck off. No way am I quitting this. And so they're calling people left and right, trying to get, you know, remote IVs and whatnot, talking to every doctor that they knew. And these people are like, you can stop him. He has to stop. He's going to die or whatever. And I'm like, I am finishing this. There's, only, there's no way that if I just do this walking for the next, you know, three rounds, I'm going to die. Mm. Uh, so not going to worry that I didn't happen. <laughs> but um, so as I was going, I was already prepared, right? Like I already knew that as soon as we were done, they called an ambulance to go and do uh, IV and that was that. So I didn't get to experience, you know, I had a lot of people there. There was a lot of people there. So I didn't get experience as much as I wanted as far as hanging out and kind of, you know, enjoying it. Mm -hmm. But as far as once I actually finished, I mean, it's kind of an out of body experience. It was just like something I had planned for that I knew that if I accomplished it, it was going to be very, you know, impactful for me personally. Like, I don't care what happens after that, but it was something that I was not sure that I could do and that I had to fight tooth and nail pretty much all 24 hours. So I was pretty, you know, as proud of myself as I could be, I guess. So what's next for you? Um, you know, I mean, you've accomplished this. So what are you looking forward to to push yourself and, and, and try and accomplish next? Sure. Uh, so I had, in I go back to the, some of the people who contacted me who, who've done the record and stuff like that before, which is kind of funny, like here and there. And then cool guys. Uh, one of the guys is like huge into the, so the same guy who had applied for Murph before and they would not do it. This same guy is like telling me the process of Guinness and, and one of the records he was going to break. And I won't say which one in case he doesn't want me to, but mm -hmm. um, he, he's trying to get me into it. And I didn't know the process at all. So I'm like, he, you know, he explained it very easy. So I've applied for some very quirky ones that are for me, very easy to beat. So I plan on doing that. But my gym has told me that we were going to be doing some more uh, 24 hour challenges like this. Um, so we'll, 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 I'm not sure exactly which one, but Murph is the most popular hero wad, but there's lots of heroes out there in hero wads. So we'll probably pick one that, you know, no one's done before and, you know, that suits my capabilities and we'll do that. And the gym loves it. The gym spreads it out and does, you know, everybody gets involved. So it's, it's a great experience. Is I, there, is there anything you look at athletically and you just go, nah, nah, not me. Uh, yeah, I'm not a great swimmer. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not terrible, but like lots of people have asked me, uh, um, to do like a triathlon and stuff like that, but just mm -hmm. 
I don't think I've ever swam more than a couple laps in a pool. So that, I, I guess I had, even though I've, I've done like uh, snorkeling and I had, I used to scuba dive before I had ear surgery. I don't know, something about a fear of drowning, like doing triathlons, it does interest me, but I have a fear of that that I'm just like, nah, I can find other things to do. Um, I like that you're doing the Murph challenge and people are literally like, give him IVs, he's going to die. <laughs> and you're like, but I don't want to jump into a pool. That's <laughs> like, yeah. You're like, I'm not going to well, die. Anyway. But the pool scares the shit out of you. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, everybody's got their things they're not good at. I mean, I would never choose anything, like, I'm still intelligent about it. I'm not going to just <laughs> choose if somebody says, hey, because I, I will do things on challenges, not stupid things. But if somebody's like, hey, I want you, well, I'll give an example. You guys had a guy on, uh, you guys showed me a video of a guy doing the bear crawl. Right? Devin. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. For, for America, that, that's <laughs> yeah. one, there's a perfect one. That is one that I'm pretty confident that I would not do. Uh, <laughs> None of I'm us would. Sure I do it yeah, you and 99.9% .9 of people, Devin's yeah. the only person in the world. No one wants to do it. <laughs> so if you said, hey, I don't even know if I could do it for a mile, but if you, if you, if there was money involved and you say, hey, I'll do it, I don't even know how much money you have to offer me. Like, I can't imagine trying to do that. So I'm just like anybody else. When I see something, I'm just like, no way I'm doing that. I'm no way I'm doing that. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, Brandon, it was it's great talking to you. Why don't you tell us all about your coaching thing? Let's talk about that so we can get some plugs in here. Sure. Uh, so my I do fitness coaching. Um, so my program, as you can see on the shirt, if you I like that shirt. Video, my wife does all my shirts. Uh, so it's called Fittest Me with Coach B. I'm Coach B. I like uh, it's it. a family thing. My wife helps out as well as my brother. We do essentially, most clients want to lose weight. So that's fine, right? We, we get them to lose weight, but also focus on fitness. So that fitness can be anything. So it could just be gaining muscle, you know, building muscle, or it could be I've had clients who just want to, you know, walk a mile for the first time ever, I'll run a 5K. I had a client did a Murph for the first time, right? During our actual Murph thing. So mm. the goal is of the program is most of them is to lose weight and get in better shape. But the point of it is to do something that's going to last a life, you know, a lifetime. We don't want to teach you. We're teaching you tricks so that you can eat the food that you want, stay at the weight that you want, and you can control it and maintain it without feeling like you're, you know, restricting yourself from those things that you enjoy. Cool. Very cool. And then where can people find you, whether it's online, social, all that good stuff? Sure. So Instagram, or you can uh, go to Facebook. Uh, it's Fittest Me with Coach B. And just shoot a message out there. Most of my content on the Fittest Me sites is either myself or transformations of my clients. Um, but feel free to reach out um, to get more information about the program and um, see if it, it'll interest you. Awesome. Brandon, we awesome. Dude. Yeah. Um, Thank you guys. Absolutely. We'll definitely have you on again when you do your next challenge, whatever it is, it'll probably be nuts. And we'll, uh, we'll have you on again to talk about it after that. Appreciate it guys. Thanks. And that brings another episode of we run this to a close. Nick and I want to thank everybody for listening. If you love the podcast, please share it with friends or leave a review on iTunes. And remember to follow Nick and I on social media. He's at it's Nick Domingo. And I'm at Chris Luminati on Twitter, or follow us both on Instagram at we run this underscore pod. Until next time, see everybody out there. <laughs>